we should never compromise our testimony of Jesus Christ. Uncommon Favor, Part 9. Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. We welcome all of you joining us by television and those of you joining us online at brothersoftheword.com or social media. Welcome to today's service. Always a wonderful joy and delight to have you to tune in and join us. Well, I would like to share just a little humor. Someone actually sent me two or three of them, so I may read all of them. First one, it says, Why did God create man before woman? The answer is, he didn't want any advice. (laughs) And this one helped the ladies out. Adam asked God, he said, Why did you make Eve so beautiful? God replied, so you would love her. But why did you make her so dumb? Adam asked. God answered, so she would love you. (laughs) And I'll read the last one. After a church service, a minister said to a woman, I noticed that your husband walked out in the middle of the service. I hope I didn't say anything that offended him. I don't think so, the wife replied. He's been walking in his sleep for years. (laughs) Praise God. Well, we are sharing part nine of Uncommon Favor. We've been taking an in-depth look into the book of Daniel for quite a while. And we've been gleaning, we've been learning new things about God. And we've also been learning and gleaning from the life of these four young men some things, some principles, some traits, some characteristics that hopefully we can incorporate into our lives. And just by studying their lives, some things will rub off on us. That's my goal and hope and prayer that some things will just rub off on us from studying such exemplary young men. And I believe their lives serve as a model for us. I think God says some powerful things to us. I kind of went back and reread the book of Daniel. I try to reread it each time I share on it. And this time, this jumped out at me that I had not quite seen before this way. But in chapter one, where the four young men are brought in before King Nebuchadnezzar, the Bible records that King Nebuchadnezzar found them. Ten times better, ten times better than anyone else in the kingdom. And I believe the way the Holy Spirit said it to me is that God's way is so much better. God's way is so much better. He planted that in the scriptures as a way of announcing God's way is so much better. His wisdom is so much better. His blessing is so much better. His joy and his life is so much better. His will is so much better. Life with God is so much better. And even the king found these young men ten times better than anyone else. It was God's way of announcing, my way is better. My way is much, much 
much better than anything you'll ever discover on earth. Praise God. That really spoke to my heart, and I enjoyed receiving that. Well, just to review some things, we've said that the book of Daniel speaks of God's power, his presence, his sovereignty, his protection, his favor. We see that there are no end There's no end to his gifts, his goodness, and his miracles in this book. We also found out that we have his name. We have his name, that we are sons, and that his favor is on us. And here's something else I believe this book speaks to us. This book says to us, the Holy Spirit said it to me this way. I love the way he put it. He says, you are mine. You are special to me. My favor is on you. I am with you. Come to me and believe, and I will do special things in your life that you've never dreamed of. That's what the book of Daniel says to all of us. The book of Daniel says that because that's what happened in the life of these four young men. God did something beyond what they could ever imagine. Because they believed God. They believed God and God did some extraordinary things. And that's what God says to us, that we are his. We belong to him. He loves us. We're special to him. And if we'll come to him and believe him, he'll do some things in our lives that we never imagined, never believed. Isn't that good? I love that. That's what Daniel says to us. That's what Daniel says to us. Daniel also says to us that Christ wants to guide us and help us with our daily Problems. When Christ Jesus appeared in the burning fiery furnace, it was his way of saying that I am with you throughout your problems. I'm with you throughout your day, your daily problems. I'm with you, not just in the fiery furnace, but I'm with you all the time. And he manifested himself to say that I'll manifest myself to help you with each day's problems. He manifests His wisdom and goodness and protection and grace to us each day to help us with each day's problems. Daniel speaks that to us. And here's something else I noticed about these young men. They had no fear. They had no fear, no reservation at all. And it was really kind of hard to wrap my mind around that. You know, you're about to be thrown into this furnace and there was no fear. No fear, no fear, no fear at all. And there's such a confidence. There's a confidence when you walk with God. First John puts it this way. First John says that when you dwell in love, you dwell in God, for God is love. And when you dwell in love and love one another as he loved us, that we are made perfect in love. And perfect love casts out fear. And I began to see, I said, wow, these guys were walking with God in such perfect love that it casts out fear. And so there was no fear. Perfect love cast out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And I just love the fact that they had no fear. They had no fear, no fear. God has not given us spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So Daniel speaks to us, no fear, no fear when you walk with God, when you walk with God, when you dwell in love and you walk with God, perfect love casts out 
fear. There was no fear. There's a confidence when you walk with God. There's just a quiet confidence when you walk with God. There's no fear. You're not afraid of anything when you walk with God. And so we see no fear. No fear. No fear. No fear. I like something that kind of corroborates this over in, you don't have to turn there, but 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 and 14 in the New Living Translation kind of gives us a recipe of what to do when you're faced with adversity. And it says, verse 13 says, Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. Five things there it gives us when we're faced with adversity. Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything with love. So that kind of blends in. It's the same love walk, that perfect love that casts out fear. When our faith and our confidence is in God, we're walking with God. Perfect love casts out fear. And then we find out, we learn something from looking at these guys, looking at their life. They had an uncompromising stance. They had an uncompromising stance, and they were willing to, you know, put their lives on the line, put their lives in jeopardy for what they believed in. And that speaks to us in this generation that we should never compromise our testimony of Jesus Christ. Never compromise our testimony of Jesus Christ. What these young men were willing to do, they put their lives on the line because they were unwilling to compromise. And we live in a day and age now where compromise is the norm. You just go with what's in. You know, you just follow the trends. No, these guys would not compromise. And it speaks so importantly to this generation. We are not to compromise our testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will find a lot of places and a lot of people, they'll try to water Jesus out. They'll try to use every other term except Jesus Christ. But no, we are not to compromise our testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Don't tell me about some universe. His name is Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we are not to compromise. We're not to compromise our testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love that these guys were willing to risk their lives to stand for what they believed in. Praise God. And Jesus stood for them because they were willing to stand for him. I love that. I love that. I love that. And so now we finish chapter 3. We finish chapter 3. Over in Daniel chapter 4, you'll find that Daniel interprets another dream in chapter 4. And then over in Daniel chapter 5, we find the famous scene of the handwriting on the wall. And this is actually King Nebuchadnezzar's son. He is holding a feast and he's basically celebrating and He's sort of using God's name in vain, and he's sort of using the holy things in vain and, and so forth. And he's just really puffed up in pride because he had, you know, a lot of things, a kingdom at his disposal. And he got kind of caught up in his own 
prestige and power and position and so forth. And he started thinking that he was all of that. And so, you know, he threw this big party just to show who he was. And all of a sudden, about half of a man's hand appeared and began writing on the wall. The Bible says you can see the fingers, you can see the fingers, and just the fingers of a man's hand appeared and started writing on the wall. And so when the king saw that, the Bible says that, I mean, his joints just went loose. His knees began to knock, his joints went loose. I mean, he just almost passed out. It was a very frightening scene. And so this is where we get the common saying, the handwriting is on the wall. This literally happened. And what we learn from this is we get a warning here about pride because the handwriting happened really because of pride. This king got to a point where he didn't regard God at all. He thought it was his own power. He thought it was his own brilliance, his own strategic maneuvers. He thought he had made himself great. He thought he had given himself all of the wealth and all of this. And so he was so caught up in himself It's a reminder for us, the handwriting on the wall was a reminder for us never to allow your success to puff you up. Never feel like it was because you're so smart and you worked so hard and because you did this and you did that. When you start talking like that, be very careful. So we get a warning here to always Always honor God. One way to counter pride is really gratitude. When you have become successful, you might have amassed a lot or reached a certain status, you should be so grateful to say, man, look what God has done in my life. Look what God did for me. So gratitude counters pride. And so instead of being grateful, he began to count it as what he had done, what he had accomplished. And oh, the handwriting was on the wall. And it was not good. And God basically brought his kingdom down just to show him, you're not all you think you are. (laughs) And I love that about God. So God uses the book of Daniel to show his sovereignty, to show that he is God and God alone. And he maneuvered the kings in the palm of his hand. He just made them like toys in his hand just to show his sovereignty, to show his power. And I just love the way that God introduced himself even to this heathen kingdom to show that he is the true and living God. He's the only true, all-powerful and living God. And so God does this in the book of Daniel just to, just to throw his weight around, just to say, hey, I am, I am, I am that I am. <laughs> and so I love that. And so Daniel speaks of God's power, speaks of God's glory, speaks of his sovereignty. And I love that. And so they brought Daniel in to read the handwriting on the wall. And it was written, meeny, meeny, tickle. You parson, which means that your days are numbered. Tickle means you have been judged by God and you have been found wanting. Meaning God has judged you and you have not measured up. Your judgment is not good. And then you parson means that he's taken his kingdom and given it to another. And so that was the handwriting on the wall that Daniel came in. And read for him. But it was a message to us. What I gleaned from that. It's a message of humility. 
Always recognize the greatness of God. Always recognize God's power and his might. Always recognize it as God's goodness and as God's favor for who you are and what you have and what you're able to accomplish in life. It all comes from God. It's all his. It's all his. That's why the tithe is pertinent. It's not just us giving 10% of our money to the church. It's us saying, God, you're the reason I have anything. You're the reason I'm able to work or have a job or business or to earn any income. You're the reason I have anything at all. And I just come to say, you are the reason and I honor you as my source. So tithing is all about a sense of honor. It's all about a sense of honor, but it keeps us in a place of humility. It keeps us in a place of humility. So the handwriting on the wall is really a lesson in humility. It was a lesson in humility. God just happened to write it on the wall. (laughs) He wrote it on the wall. He wrote it on the wall. I like that. You know, we think people who use whiteboards and illustrations on the wall. No, God was the first one to do that. God God was the first one to do that. He wrote it on the wall. I like that. Handwriting is on the wall. (laughs) And then let me share this. We get over into Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 3. Now after Daniel had interpreted the handwriting on the wall, he received more honors and more gifts and so forth. And so they begin to talk about Daniel. Daniel chapter 6 verse 3. Notice this. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because... An excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Now this is so powerful. They actually had 120 leaders. And then they decided to put three presidents over the 120 leaders. Three presidents. And Daniel was the first president elected. And then... The Bible says Daniel had such an excellent spirit about him, the king wanted to just put Daniel over the whole thing. (laughs) And so we see here, we see here, we see the promotion, we see the honor, we see God just exalting him. Daniel was promoted three times. He just went from level to level. And it was the grace of God, the favor of God, just promoting his excellence just promoting his faithfulness. And God was just promoting. His life was very similar to Joseph. And I begin to see the parallel and the similarities. They both became basically second in command over the whole kingdom. Daniel's life and, and Joseph's life were very similar. They had the same favor on their lives. They had the same excellence in their work and their diligence and their faithfulness. And God promoted them and honored them even in captivity. So God's grace and his favor and his honor works no matter where you are. It works for anyone. And I just love that. And so we learn something from that. And what jumped out at me, of course, the Bible says, then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. An excellent spirit. And this says to me, For us, we should strive to have an excellent spirit. Strive to have an excellent spirit. What does that look like? Well, it means don't complain. Don't talk bad about anyone. 
have a spirit of faith, have a spirit of encouragement, stay positive, be grateful, be useful, be helpful, be kind, be happy, be fun, stay calm, stay cool, stay steady, do your very best, be faithful, be excellent in your work, have integrity, have character, have discipline, be honest, be trustworthy, continue to learn and grow. That's having an excellent spirit. Daniel had an excellent spirit. He had an excellent spirit. And he was promoted and honored as a result. We're given that same insight in the book of Proverbs, chapter 17, verse 27. I remember reading it years ago. And it says, this is Proverbs 17, 27. He that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. So Proverbs began talking about that excellent spirit as well, but we see it lived out in the life of Daniel here. He had an excellent spirit. He had an excellent spirit. I'm going to just go back over that list so we can kind of glean some of these things. It's okay if we aren't there. That's the whole purpose. We're striving. We're striving to incorporate some of these things. We're striving to let some of the excellence of Daniel and his comrades rub off on us and we can glean from their lives. We can say, Lord, help me to be more excellent like Daniel. God has given us an illustration in scripture for us to apply it to our lives, for us to begin to imbibe it and to begin to improve and begin to live it out the same way Daniel and his friends did. Have an excellent spirit. Don't complain. Don't talk bad about anyone. Have a spirit of faith, encouragement, stay positive, Be grateful, be useful, be helpful, be kind, be happy, be fun, stay calm, cool, and steady. Do your very best, be faithful, excellent in your work, have integrity, character, discipline, be honest, trustworthy, and continue to learn and grow. Man, we invite that, we invite that same spirit from Daniel and his friends. He had an excellent spirit. And it was so excellent, the Bible points it out. For our admonition, it's for us. Have an excellent spirit. Have an excellent spirit and God will begin to promote you. God's favor and blessing will rest upon your life. And we're encouraged. We're encouraged to have an excellent spirit. And the verse in Proverbs that I read is actually speaking in terms of being calm and cool and steady, and so being well-tempered, being well-tempered, being gracious, being well-tempered, having an excellent spirit, being in control of your spirit, being in control of your spirit. You will notice in the next section, we notice this, in the next section when we get over into Daniel chapter 6, Daniel chapter 6, a little further on in Daniel chapter 6, We get over into the part about the lion's den. And so what we find in Daniel chapter 6, we find that the other presidents and some of the other leaders, they were so jealous of Daniel. They were so jealous of Daniel that they conspired to have his life taken. And so they drew up a decree and took it to the king for him to sign. And the decree basically said, that if anyone prays to anyone else, 
beside you, O king, let them be thrown to the lions. And the king signed it. He wasn't really paying attention. He just, he trusted his advisors. And, you know, he just signed the document. And they had, so they basically had tricked the king to sign this document. And then, gosh, man, this is so good. I'm kind of debating, do I really want to get into it now? Do I want to wait? <laughs> There's so many good things I want to share here. So I'm not sure if I want to jump in it today. I might save it for the next session. But it's so powerful, so powerful what happens. But I did want to say this. I did want to say this about Daniel's excellent spirit, and I'll end here for today. Daniel's excellent spirit, even when he found out the conspiracy against him, he never said a mumbling word. He never retaliated. He never tried to defend himself. He didn't try to get back at anybody. He didn't go after anybody. He didn't get mad. There was no fussing, no fighting, no cursing. Daniel never said a mumbling word. Now, it's a powerful illustration that the Holy Spirit gives us in Scripture about controlling yourself. Saying to us, you can't control other people, but you can control yourself. You can always be under control. You can always be under control, even when the enemy is plotting against you. You just do what's right. You stay under control and you honor God and let God take care of the rest. Daniel's very name means God is my judge. So he's living out the creed of his name. He's allowing God to be his vindicator. Daniel's not, I'm not going to get involved with that. I'm not going to stoop to their level. I'm not going to play games. Daniel was so focused. He has such an excellent spirit. He was so focused in his work. He was so focused in his purpose. He was so focused in his calling. He didn't have time to play games with little belittling people around him. He didn't get involved in hearsay and somebody did that and said this and cannot. He didn't get involved. He just kept being excellent. He just kept doing a great job. He kept honoring God, living out the creed of his name. God is my judge. I don't have to worry about that. All I have to do is continue to do what's right. All I have to do is do my very best. And he just, he stayed with his name. God is my vindicator. God is my judge. And you'll find out God did avenge Daniel, and it did not end well for his enemies. <laughs> Praise God. I'm going to stop right here. Those of you who are joining us, I would love for you to go to brothersoftheword.com. You can listen to this entire series absolutely free of charge, uncommon favor. You can also email it to a friend. Thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part nine of the series titled Uncommon Favor by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7916. That's 7916 to listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 7916 to a friend. Go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because, brother, you need the word.